Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> Happy New Year, Bear fans. We made it. It's 2021. Hopefully all of the the perils and pains and annoyances and inconveniences of 2020 are all behind us, and 2021 will be a year of prosperity for every Bear fan in the world. And that is what I want for everyone. And step one is this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers in Soldier Field where the Bears are looking to play their way in to the postseason. And even though we have an opportunity to kind of back our way in if the Rams beat the Cardinals uh, on Sunday – I think it would be better for for everyone, you know, for the Bears and uh, for the fans and for our sanity in the offseason for the Bears to win their way in by slaying the dragon that is the Green Bay Packers because the Packers are coming in with something to play for. They're looking to hang on to the number one seed. You heard what our friend Evan Western said yesterday that if the Packers lose, they could be the three seed uh, in the NFC, which means that uh, – God forbid they make it to the NFC Championship game. They'll be playing on the road uh, again. It's been 13 years since the Packers hosted an NFC title game. Now, granted, that game did not go their way, but, uh, you know, you like it better when you're playing at home. And uh, Green Bay hasn't done that in their last four trips to the NFC Championship game. So they have something to play for, but they're going to be shorthanded uh, on Sunday. We'll talk about that here uh, in just a moment. Uh, I'm excited uh, for this new year, and uh, hopefully things will turn around, you know, in every sense. Hopefully we can get back to some semblance of normalcy. I'd like to go back to the movies again because that's like one of the th- – I mean, I'm, I don't do much, guys, in the way of hobbies. I have my podcast. I go to the movies. I go out to dinner every once in a while. And uh, <laughs> when the pandemic took hold here in the States, what's the first two things that went out the door? Eating out. And going to the movies. So I've been a hermit in my apartment for the last nine months. I'd like to put a stop to that as soon as humanly possible. Uh, and safely and uh, not having to worry about who's got the sniffles or who's coughing over my shoulder or, or anything like that. Am I more than six feet away from that dude that I'm sharing the same row with at the movie theater? I don't want to worry about any nonsense. I want life to get back to normal. And uh, I want the Bears to win on Sunday. That's what I want. And I think that if the Bears win on Sunday, that would be a sign from God that 2021 is going to be okay and uh (laughs) let's just uh let's put it all on that let's put it on God let's put it on fate that if the Bears win 2021 is going to be a good year and uh if they don't then it'll be as awful if not worse than 2020 so we're putting all our chips in the basket I'm shoving all my chips to the uh to the center uh, of the table we're going all in it's Bears Packers it's week 17 it's the Bears talk underground it's the preview let's get to it By the time most of you are hearing this, we are about 48 hours away from kickoff at Soldier Field on Sunday, 325 local time here in the States or here in the Central uh, time zone. The Bears and the Packers will be kicking it off at Soldier Field to, to determine uh, who's going to be the number one seed. Can the Bears play their way in? Will they backdoor their way in uh, to the playoffs? All of these questions will be answered by around, say, 6, 630 uh, on Sunday night. A lot of questions 
that we're all looking for the answers to. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the Week 17 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, closing the book on the preview uh, with this one. Looking to get ready and uh, want to get to this game as fast as possible, man. I, I really want to see uh, everything that, um, you know, I, I talked last year a lot about our eight wins and that about maybe two of them were legit. No doubt we played awesome wins. We had our win over the Cowboys, and we had that win week four over the um, Vikings. You know, when Mitch went out, Chase Daniel comes out, the defense played its best game of the year, six points, shut down Dalvin Cook, you know, just completely uh, wrapped up uh, the Vikings. Kwiatkowski comes in for a, for a not injured, but, a, a you know, a, a healthy scratch on Roquan Smith, and he's all over the field making plays and everything. It was it was an outstanding day, but we won six other games that I like to call yeah, but victories. And there was always kind of a caveat as to us winning these games and we got away with it and we did this, we did that, so on uh, and so forth. And I think that everything for the Bears this year has been kind of a yeah, but kind of thing. We start off the year five and one. Yeah, but who did you play really? And you know, you guys can't keep this up. Wait till you play some some real teams. So we go ahead and we played some real teams during that six-game losing streak. We lost to them all. Uh, actually, we lost to one not-so-great team there at the very end, which was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, and everyone was fired. Ryan Pace was packing his bags, Matt Nagy. Everyone was actually surprised they weren't fired on Monday after that game. But since then... We've won three in a row and in a position to win number four at home against the Packers to play our way into the playoffs, improbably, but here we are. And everyone's like, yeah, but so what? Your offense is playing well. You beat up the Texans. You scored 30 on the Lions. You know, 30 on the – or 33 against the, the, the Vikings. You, you, you lit up the Jaguars, who hasn't this year, and so on. So it's a – you know, the 5-1 and one start, yeah, but – and the, the 3-0 and uh, finish here, yeah, but this would be a really good victory for the Bears to have because there would be no yeah, but about it. Even with the news I'm going to share with you in a moment, I'm sure most of you know this by now, but, um, you know, breaking news, uh, we'll just go ahead and dive into the, to the news and notes as we kind of work our way forward here. David Bakhtiari, the all-pro top left tackle in the NFL, injured in practice today on Thursday and all the headlines say done for the season, but more importantly, out for Sunday. You know, out for Sunday will not be the left tackle uh, for the Packers, will not be protecting uh, Rodgers' blindside uh, on Sunday. And, you know, this is genuine. This is sincere. I feel terrible about this. Uh, I think it really sucks that, uh, that he got hurt uh, for his sake, obviously for the Packers' sake. And those yeah butters out there, if the Bears win on Sunday, and if part of it has to do with Khalil Mack having a really great day on whoever's going to be out at left tackle uh, on Sunday, or Robert Quinn discovers his uh, sacking abilities over who is protecting the left side. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Uh, on Sunday. 
the yeah butters are going to be like, yeah, well, Bakhtiari wouldn't have let that happen or whatever. But despite that, I think the yeah butters are going to be a lot quiet, a lot quieter if the Bears go out and they play and they win on Sunday. You know, because like I was saying before, Green Bay's got something to play for here. Um, they're already locked in. They're they're a playoff team. They're a division champ. They're in the playoffs, but they're playing for that ever so sacred number one seed, which is the only seed now in the seventeen playoff configuration that gets the bye week. Everybody else, the second seed on downs, got to play on wild card weekend to make it to the divisional round. There's no two two bye weeks anymore, and uh, so the Packers want that week off, and uh, they're going to have to go through the Bears in order to do it. Uh, according, you know, probably to most, to most Bear fans and a lot of experts, not a tall order exactly for Green Bay, considering the success they've had against us uh, over the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. But, um, you know, hopefully it's one where uh, if they do win on Sunday, they will have to pay for it one way or another, you know. And um, I would like to, to see a competitive down-to-the-wire football game. And um, we'll talk about that more in in keys uh to the game but um you know it's it's a big game on sunday i'm very excited uh about it uh i would i would love it so much if we could win this game to make our way into the playoffs i would love for it not to matter whether the rams or cardinals win uh on sunday um i would very much not like it to matter if uh who we're playing in the wild card round you know, whether we're whether we're in at seven and we're going to the two seed or we're in at three because the Cardinals beat the Rams or whatever uh, or in at six, I should say, not seven in at six, not three, but in at six because the Cardinals beat the Rams. We beat the Packers and so on. I don't care. I just want in. You know, it's a uh, like we were talking to Evan yesterday. Aside from, you know, there's always kind of been a team of the week if you will in the nfc in the afc the steelers look like it and you can't forget about the chiefs because they're playing outstanding football they've only lost one game all year and they lost it in like week five so they're on like a 10 game win streak right now and but in the nfc uh it started out it was seattle russell wilson's gonna be mvp he's thrown 30 touchdowns in the first five games and you know all that craziness uh, then it was the Saints, and here come the Saints, and Drew Brees, and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, and even when Brees went down, much like last year, Brees goes down for a spell, the Saints kept winning anyway. And uh, But, you know, after that spell, it's like, oh, here come the Rams. The Rams with the defense, and Seattle's, you know, ever since being 5-0, and they've lost, you know, three out of their last six or something like that. And, and here we go into the, into the last stretch. And this team that's kind of been laying in the weeds, kind of in the discussion but never being declared the best team in the conference, has been Green Bay. And I don't think anybody's playing better football than them right now. And, you know, aside from the Packers, if we could get in, I like our chances against just about anybody. I can talk myself into a win over the Saints. I can talk myself into a win over the, over the Seahawks, especially with their defense. Their defense is terrible. Um, you know, so again, it would fall on our defense. And the thing is, our defense has not been playing well, but we know what this defense is capable of. It is possible, way more possible for the defense to show up than it is for the offense. You know, as far as a big stage thing is concerned, watching the defense do its thing. Um, you know, we've got all the horses on offense. We are making it work. You know, we're, we're using what we've got. We got a quarterback that, that, you know, was on his way out of town and, you know, looked like for a while even we didn't want him on the team. But he's leading the way. We got this running back that couldn't do anything because we couldn't block for him. Now we're blocking for him. He's like the top running back over the last four weeks and, um, you know, everything. Uh, we, we've got this rookie tight end that we're using now and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it's starting to come together on offense. It's the defense that's expected to perform and they haven't been and that's the major concern going into this game but those guys are fully capable of shutting somebody down or at the very least containing them we have all the talent in the world to do it so it wouldn't be a crazy idea for the bears to go on a run if we make the playoffs and but we got to get there first we got to get there first so 
Anyway, let's get into our uh, news and notes so we can get this bad boy uh, moved along. We've already talked about it. David Bakhtiari out for Sunday with the knee injury. They say it's possible it was an ACL. So, I mean, that also kind of puts the beginning of next season in danger uh, as well. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, um, I, I apologize. I'm not up on my, um, excuse me, the uh, depth chart. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm not up on my depth chart for Green Bay, so I don't know who the next man up is. Uh, I tried reaching out to uh, Evan uh, Western to, to ask him real quick who that might be, but he's uh, hasn't been able to get back to me yet, so that's not his problem. But, um, you know, so but I don't know. Who's going to be stepping in for um, for Bakhtiari uh, on Sunday? But uh, you know, whoever it is, it won't be the best left tackle in football. So that automatically uh, makes things a bit easier on the Bears. You know, who they're going to be shifting around? Are they going to be moving their right tackle over to left? Bring their swing tackle in, put him in at right tackle. Will they move one of the guards to the outside because he was a tackle in college? Or you know, how's that going to? work for green bay because if you remember we talked to evan yesterday the offensive line he couldn't feel better about a group because they got Corey lindsley back and you know the the combination of the offensive line has, has been working as well as it possibly could out there uh in green bay and then you know not even 24 hours after we have that conversation the best offensive lineman arguably in football goes down with a catastrophic uh knee injury that's going to keep him out for the foreseeable future you know and like i said it's a possible ACL, so that puts his entire offseason is due to re, is dedicated to rehabilitation, and then the beginning of next season is also in danger because even with medical advancements and all the rest of that stuff, we're still talking at least six to nine months of rehabilitation to get ready uh, to play. So six months would put him at just before training camp, and nine months would put him well into the season at that point. So um you know or at least into the first month of the season so it's it's going to be touch and go there for Bakhtiari 2021 might be in danger for him as well so I don't know but uh you know like I said you you hate to see something like that happen uh I remember four or five years ago I think it may be 2014 2015 um Jordy Nelson blew out an ACL in like week two of the preseason he's done for the year and it's you know you hate to see something like that happen. It's like, hey, it's a Packer, and not only is he a Packer, but he's a Packer who routinely kicks the hell out of us. So that's fantastic for the two weeks that he'll be playing against us. No Jordy Nelson uh, to worry about. But overall, this is the ter- you don't want to see something like that uh, happen. And uh, granted, <laughs> it's almost like karma for Bakhtiari because uh, he just got done talking, uh, to, I think, on local radio in Green Bay about how he can't wait to kick the piss out of the bears and he ain't be kicking shit for the next few months with his uh with his busted leg down there so um you know i'm not rubbing it in i'm just saying it's funny how things like that uh happen i I was hoping more that it would be like we kick the piss out of green bay and not that he personally won't be kicking anything for a while uh you know like i said karma's a funny thing but um you know it's just uh you know i i'm I don't know. I'm excited now. Uh, Maybe this is just the spark that the defense needs uh, going in, that uh, they have an advantage now not having to play against Bakhtiari uh, on Sunday. No matter who's lining up there, kind of gives them a boost, uh, you know, that they know for a fact that we're better than the guy across from us kind of thing. Who knows? But uh, uh, anyway, tough loss. Uh, for the Packers you know one you you don't like to see anything like that happen Um, you know and just to be on the pessimistic side you don't want Packer fans to have a reason to yeah but this victory on Sunday if we get it you know Uh, because I can remember back in uh, 2013 when uh, Shea McClellan of all people sacked Aaron Rodgers and broke his collarbone and we ended up going out there on Monday night and winning that football game against the Packers how many of my uh, co-workers that were Packer fans all of a sudden were all excuses as far as how the Bears won and blah, blah, blah. Well, our starting quarterback wasn't out there, and if he was playing, you guys wouldn't have won. It was like, well, guys, actually Cutler had gotten hurt about a week or two before that, so our starting quarterback wasn't playing 
in that game. And we did just fine, and we won that game. So now what? So it's, it was kind of like even Steven. The teams are even, if the, if anything. And, we, you know, straight up you couldn't beat us. And that's what those conversations were like. They were just all excuses after Aaron Rodgers went down. So, uh, like I said, glass half full or half empty, I should say. I don't want to hear any – I don't want Packer fans to have any excuses as to why the Bears may have won other than the fact that they were just the better team uh, on Sunday. And Bakhtiari going down is excuse fuel for those guys. Not like Evan. I like Evan. He wouldn't be an excuse guy. He'd be like, yeah, it sucks that it happens, but, you know, we still should have been good enough to win and blah, 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 blah. I can take that. But, you know, the other Packer fans that I know, assholes, all of them. Like, yeah, Bakhtiari went out. If he'd have been out there, Mac wouldn't have done this, that, or the other, and blah, blah, blah. So that's one reason you hate to see it. You hate to see it happen to this. You hate to see it happen now for a team that's on the cusp, man. Um, you know, as a Bear fan, obviously I don't want to see Green Bay win uh, anything, uh, let alone a Super Bowl. But as a football fan, you hate to see a team, you know, looking to, you know, reclaim what it's been working for all season to lose one of its best players at such a critical point uh, in the season. So, yeah, it sucks. But on the lighter side of things, um, Mitch Trubisky, what a year that guy's had, man. And not even talking about on the field. On the field, off the field, uh, and everything was voted the good guy or won the good guy award from the Chicago media uh, this year. I think the award, to paraphrase, is for the the player on the team that's made it the easiest for the media to do their job and uh this is a a um i want i don't want to say acceptable um i'm I'm at a loss for the what what word i'm looking for for mitch but it's it's the perfect thing for him or it's the right thing for him because you know he did a lot of media he didn't have to do this year um when when they when we when he lost his job against atlanta he didn't have to talk to the media that day he faced up to it he talked to him uh when it was declared he was not going to be the starter going into indianapolis whenever they wanted to talk to him he talked to them uh ever since coming back he's been rather transparent uh about you know what he's wanted and and what he's been trying to do and what he was doing uh during his benching and, and all that kind of stuff um, I think this is a this is a good thing for Mitch. Uh, I think he's it's deserving. He's deserving of it. I can't believe I couldn't think of the word, but he's deserving of this award because um, you know he took this and handled all this very very well. You know, even going back to uh, Texans Week and and all the questions about him and Deshaun Watson and uh, and all that kind of stuff. He stands in there like a man and he answers the questions. You know, he he takes the questions. He doesn't blow him off or you know give him any sarcasm or any backhanded uh you know uh, comments or anything like that he he stands in there and he faces the firing squad uh when he comes to it and um you know it, it's the kind of stuff that makes you root for him and um you know I've, i know i've asked for this guy to get benched and he deserved it at the time you know i was actually surprised that Nagy pulled the trigger when he did but you know he wasn't playing well in those first three games he didn't uh, – and I had a buddy of mine ask me this week, if the Bears would have stuck with Trubisky, how many of those games would he have won? You want to know what my answer was? Zero. Not one. We wouldn't have won any more games with Trubisky than we would have without him unless – you know, there is a caveat – unless we make the changes to the offense during that six-game losing streak. That didn't happen until the last game before the bye, which was Minnesota when Bill Lazor became the play caller, despite Nagy protesting for weeks that he wasn't giving up play calling uh, or anything like that. You know, it's if everything had stayed the same, nothing would have been different. Nothing. Even with Mitch out there, uh, you know, maybe he'd have been able to make a few more plays on his feet, but I don't think the outcomes of the games would have been any different. And that's not me being a Nick Foles supporter. That's me being honest. I don't think it would have been any better, uh, not because of Mitch, because of Nagy. Because it's apparent now 
that it, you know, and I think we all knew this before. It wasn't all Mitch. The problems weren't all Mitch. But he was a big part of the problem. So we thought taking him out of there, you know, as far as the natural progression of changes that need to be made, that was the next step. We changed the quarterback, which is what Nagy wanted to do. We got his guy in there with Nick Foles. Nothing changed. And a matter of fact, the, the, the offense got worse, especially when injuries and COVID started attacking the offensive line. So nothing would have been different, I don't think. In fact, I think some of those losses would have been worse because Foles' uh, poise, I think, prevented some turnovers uh, that I think Mitch would have been guilty of at the time. Uh, Mitch needed to be benched because the Mitch that we got, starting with Green Bay all the way up until now, is a different, more confident Mitch Trubisky than there was six weeks ago when he got benched, or seven, nine weeks ago, however long it was. Um, the benching was necessary. Should we have probably put him back in there sooner? Hindsight says yes. We should have put him back in there a lot sooner than we did. I don't know that it would have helped anything because we still would have been running the same offense that didn't work, but probably should have gone back to Mitch sooner than we did. And we all know that Nagy should have handed over the play calling maybe after like the Titans game instead of beating it with, you know, beating another dead horse for, uh, you know, actually probably after the uh, Rams game actually is what I would have gone with. But uh, that's where the the rumbling started to begin about him handing over the play calling was around the Rams game. So if he does it then, uh, you know, that's the Saints, that's the Titans, and that's the Vikings before the bye. Who knows? Who knows? But if everything stays the same as far as when Nagy decided to turn over play calling, then nothing, nothing would have been different. Nothing would have been different. I mean, maybe, no, actually nothing, nothing would have been different. Um, you know, maybe we win the Lions game. I think maybe that's the only thing that ends up being different. But uh, maybe, I don't know. But as far as uh, if we'd have stuck with Mitch the whole time, we'd, I don't think we win any more games than, than we did. I don't think. I, actually, I don't think we beat Tampa Bay if Mitch was in there. I don't think so. I think Foles and his poise is what won us that game. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we beat Tampa Bay. We're probably worse off actually. And that's, again, that's not a slight on Mitch. It is, but it isn't. He wasn't playing well, and Nagy's offense was not helping him. We all know that. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't going to be, uh, I don't think it would have been in better. And, uh, you know, because I've seen the tweets, I've seen you guys posting, we would have been better off. We'd have been, a, we'd already be a playoff team with Mitch was the quarterback the whole time. I don't think so. I absolutely do not think so. So, uh, no, I don't think so. But <laughs> it's again, it's about seventy thirty Nagy over Mitch as far as why that wouldn't have worked out. Because now that we're actually tailoring the offense to Mitch and what he does better, look at our offense and how well it's been doing. So, yeah, it's uh, the the scales have definitely tipped. We we didn't have any other reason to believe that it was just that it was that it wasn't all Mitch and all the rest of that stuff. Now that we've seen, you know, Foles went out there and did worse uh, than Mitch did. We finally uh, switch up the uh, play calling. We put Mitch back in there. We get a better offensive line group and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, things have been better. So we got an offense to bring to the table against the uh, Packers on Sunday, an offense that's been playing like a well-oiled machine since the Packers game, you know, starting with the Detroit game a week after. Uh, and everything really hitting its stride and uh, doing what it does. Now we'll see if they can bring it to the table against a, a better defense that uh, that can bring it that can bring it to us on Sunday. So we'll see. But uh, Mitch wins the Good Guy Award uh, from the Chicago media, and like I said, I think it's deserving because um, he did a lot of things he didn't have to do. Uh, asked a lot, answered a lot of questions that he didn't have to. Made their made the media guys' jobs easier. They didn't have to try to ask him the same question a different way to kind of trick him into answering it. He answered the questions on the first try, uh, and he handled it like a, like a, like a captain, like a leader, like a quarterback is supposed to. So, good for him. Um, Coach Nagy says that the Bears are not going to be scoreboard watching on Sunday. Most likely, this is kind of like a maybe. 
uh, on that. I, I think the, the, the tweet or that I read said probably not going to be watching. Like I think he's going to tell the scoreboard operator not to show that score during the game. Like, and I think it's a good idea. So the Bears are more focused on what they're supposed to be doing as opposed to watching and seeing what the Cardinals and the Rams uh, are doing because the object is to win the game on Sunday. We don't want to have to worry about the help that we're going to need from the Rams uh, on Sunday, especially with them being shorthanded. No Cooper Cup, who was just thrown onto the COVID list, and no uh, no Jared Goff with his broken thumb from the Seattle game. So those are two important pieces for the Rams offense that will not be playing in this all-important game uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, kind of biting our nails a little bit over here, but what are you going to do? But uh, Nagy says the Bears won't be watching, or at least I think he said he's going to have the scoreboard operator not show the um, Cardinals-Rams score on the scoreboard so the players are more focused on what they need to be doing, which is beating Green Bay uh, at Soldier Field. So, you know, I think it's a good idea. Uh, speaking of uh, Bears and Packers, um, this week in Hallis Hall, uh, on the entrance when the players walk into the building, there are video screens that line the hallways where they walk in, and usually what they would see would be um, the jersey numbers of retired or the retired jersey numbers of past Bear greats, Ditka, Gallimore, Sayers, Sayers Butkus, Peyton, you know the ones. And uh, instead this week, the walls are lined with trash talk from the Packers. And apparently it's uh, it's hitting home. Eddie Jackson talking about how uh, – these insults have been noted and uh, how they're, uh, you know, like it's not going unnoticed uh, by the players as they walk into the building. This is what your opponents think of you. Uh, like I talked about that David Bakhtiari quote earlier, want to beat the piss out of the Bears uh, on Sunday uh, or kick the piss out of them or whatever. We'll see. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting strategy. I don't think I've, I've heard the Bears doing much bulletin board material uh, in a while, or at least not publicly talking about it anyway. But it's front and center out there that uh, what the Packers think of them is front and center. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's being taken uh, and taken into account uh, by the Bears. And uh, hopefully they take it to heart on Sunday and do something positive uh, with it. And uh, finally, before we get to the injury report, some bad news, uh, some sad news, actually, uh, coming out of Arizona – Former All-Pro cornerback for the 85 Bears, Mike Richardson, arrested, uh, I think he was yesterday, for murder in Arizona. Turns out, uh, since Mike, uh, L.A. Mike, as he was known here in Chicago uh, back in the day, has uh, lived quite a life of crime uh, since retiring from the NFL at the end of, uh, I think, 89 was his last season uh, in the league. And um, he... Uh, I think the report said that he's been arrested 20 times uh, for f- various felony possession or fel- felony uh, offenses and, uh, and things like that. He had a 13-year prison sentence cut by 10 years. So he only served a three-year prison sentence. He got out in 2010, and he's been arrested like 15 times since then for various drug offenses and you know weapons possessions and all that kind of stuff. And uh, now he's been locked up for murder. And... Uh, Wow, you know, it's just like that is uh that is that is crazy. I mean, not only did he get arrested for murder, but apparently he's been, you know, just up to his neck in it uh with the law since uh for and it didn't really say when it started, but uh, you know, he was in prison in 2010 and uh, you know, just it's crazy to think about, man. Where you you know, you look at those guys, you go back to 85 and you think about those the players and how they were on top of the world and you never think that i mean granted it's been 35 years since then but you know he's 59 years old you know he's a little little old for this kind of nonsense don't you think and um you know chances are that uh you know they don't cut your sentence when you've been murdering people so uh chances are that uh when they slap the cuffs on him to bring him in that was the last time he'll breathe free air probably for the rest of his life. So uh, unless he's a relatively healthy man and can live until he's, what, 84 to 
to get out and 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 live a normal life again you know does this 25 years or, or what have you so i don't know what the mandatories are out there in arizona but uh, i can't imagine that they're good arizona's a red state after all so uh we'll see but um you know all the best to to mike richardson uh you know prayers and wishes and and everything i hope he uh you know even though he'll likely spend the rest of his life in jail i hope he can figure out how to turn himself around uh while he's in there because uh you know obviously things aren't working out for him on the outside so maybe jail is the thing he needs so you know this is not sarcastic at all like best of luck to him and uh hopefully he can uh turn it around and uh you know find a way to live with himself uh going forward so anyway that was uh that was terrible but so here we are this is the injury report and this will close out our news and notes uh section lots of names on the list uh most of them are much to do about nothing uh as they're like they're on the list but they're all full participation let's get those names out of the way first uh danny trevathan veterans day off he's been full go the last two days uh roquan smith I guess that injury that he suffered against the uh, the Jaguars after his first interception where he kind of came down funny and he kind of needed a minute before they took him off the field was a rib injury. Uh, but he's been full go this week. Uh, Duke Shelley, some kind of knee injury he's nursing, but he's been full go. Bilal Nichols, a finger injury, but he's been full go. Uh, Akeem Hicks was out with an illness on Wednesday, but was full go today on Thursday, so... Good to go there. Jimmy Graham in a Veterans Day off on Wednesday. Full go today on Thursday. And uh, Tashawn Gibson, neck injury, full go. Uh, and DeAndre Carter, our punt returner, shoulder injury. Probably that he took a hell of a hit from the Jaguars uh, on Sunday. Fumbled the ball but was able to get it recovered. Has been full go so far this week. So those are the guys we don't really need to worry about. Now the names that we need to worry about. Allen Robinson was full participation on Wednesday with a with a hamstring injury did not practice today on Thursday now I don't know if that was kind of a precautionary thing like maybe he had some tightness or something before practice didn't want to aggravate the injury so they let him sit uh today don't really know the details on that but he didn't practice today Buster Screen still in concussion protocol not practiced yesterday or today uh, Jalen Johnson still nursing the sol- shoulder injury. Nagy says he is day to day. As a matter of fact, he said that about Buster Screen as well. They are day to day. They are per- they are uh, preparing as though they're not going to play either of them, um, but hoping that they can uh, go on Sunday. So Screen and Johnson still on the injury list. So is Dion Bush. That foot injury, whatever it is, is keeping him out once again. Wednesday, Thursday, no practice. Um, Demetrius Harris, full goal yesterday, limited uh, today with that foot injury. Cole Komet, full goal yesterday, limited today. Um, I think maybe the Bears are just kind of easing off the gas pedal as far as practice is concerned for some of these guys because it's the same story for Charles Leno. Toe injury, full goal yesterday, limited today. Khalil Mack, shoulder injury, full goal yesterday, limited uh, today. Cordell Patterson, full goal yesterday, limited today. You see the pattern? Uh, here so I think it's more about the Bears um, the one that concerns me is Robinson though full goal yesterday no practice today and of co- obviously the Jalen Johnson uh, injury is a little concerning uh, as well but we'll keep an eye on those injuries going into tomorrow that's when they'll come out with the designations uh, after practice you'll get the questionable doubtful uh, and so on uh, tomorrow after uh friday's practice so we know a little bit more about the duke shelley situation a little bit more about buster screen and not duke shelley uh alan robinson and a little bit more about jalen johnson and buster screen uh as well i mean robinson he's gotta go on sunday so hopefully like i said that was more of a precautionary thing he had some tightness today before practice didn't want to aggravate it so they just sat him for today see how he's feeling tomorrow kind of thing so uh, anyway, that's going to do it for news and notes. Let's go ahead and, and give ear to our sponsors for a moment, and then we'll dive into the keys to the game. What do the Bears need to do to come away with that all-important ninth victory of the season on Sunday? 
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair. To take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping two million men all over the world get rid of the hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. 
Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the uh, in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. (laughs) Keys to the game, week 17 for the Bears and the Packers. This all-important game on Sunday that could very well decide uh, our playoff fate. I mean, and I would prefer that we carry the fate in our own hands instead of hoping, praying, and, and wishing uh, for L.A. to beat the Cardinals uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, we have a better chance than most to make the playoffs on Sunday. I think out of the three teams, the Bears, the Rams, and the Cardinals, we're in the best position because we can afford to lose and still get in. But, um, you know, the Rams and the Cardinals have to win to get in, and we don't. So, um, you know, we might require some help, but uh, it would everything would be much easier if we just went ahead and did it ourselves. And according to me, the uh, fat guy on the couch, this is what we need to do in order to do it. Um, you know, before we get to that real quick, actually, uh, Lance Briggs uh, was talking about what the Bears need to do uh, in order to win this game on Sunday. Uh, and it had a lot to do with us continuing to run the football, uh, to lean on uh, David Montgomery to control the clock. That's a big one. Control the clock, keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field, giving him as few opportunities as possible uh, to carve us to pieces uh, and put points on the board. And the other big key was for the defensive guys to for the playmakers, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, for those guys to step up. You got to step up, meet the challenge on Sunday, uh, and do something about it. We can't let it be the... Devonte Adams, Ron, Robert Tunyon show, and uh, you know Aaron Jones, and uh, you know with Aaron Rodgers leading the way, we we can't let that happen uh, if we want to have a shot uh, on Sunday. So um, you know those are good keys. Mine are a bit more general, but uh, I like mine uh, as well. And you know if you guys rem- you know heard the conversation between myself and Evan Western yesterday, it was all about. You know, it's all going to come down to the defense, as odd as it sounds. In in the past, it's been like the defense is going to contain Green Bay. They're not going to score 50 points on us or anything like that. Uh, you know, they're going to keep the Packers – We're gonna. they're going to keep us in the game with Green Bay. It's going to be up to the offense to win this game for us. And, uh, you know, the defense is going to carry us and the offense is going to score enough points to win the game. Going into this one – Based on how these two units have played the last five weeks, it's the opposite. You know, looking at how our offense has played versus how our defense has played minus the Houston game where we just beat up on the Texans in all three facets of the game. It's going to be our, our offense doing everything that they can uh, to score, and it would be up to our defense to hold Green Bay to a certain number. You know, and, and, and making sure uh, that our offense uh, can can supersede that number is pretty much going into it. And what I think our off our defense needs to do going into this game, based on how the first one went, which was a disaster, it's going to have to be to find some kind of middle ground between pressure and coverage, because it's obvious that the extreme didn't work against Green Bay. Uh, five weeks ago in week number 12 and the extreme was rushing three and dropping eight because with that offensive line 
it just gave Rodgers all the time in the world to sit there and wait for his receivers to get open and find open receivers. Because um, when, because you know, we're at a disadvantage. We're at a five to three uh, disadvantage, which means that two guys can be getting double teamed, and they have the best center in football, so he's most likely doing his thing on the inside, one on one. And the rest of it is just the other four guys just kind of pushing and shoving Mac and Quinn uh, all over the place, holding them off uh, and everything. While Rodgers is out there in the back, he's reading a book. He's putting his feet up. He's baking cookies. And then, oh, yeah, there's Devontae Adams who just shook uh, Will Fuller or Kyle Fuller uh, open in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, That actually happened uh, in the game where Rodgers had seven and a half to eight seconds to throw a pass. And that's not an exaggeration at all. Go back and look at it. He had about seven and a half to eight seconds to throw the ball, and at the end of that eight seconds, he threw it to a wide-open Devontae Adams in the middle of the end zone for a touchdown. Um, so that's not going to work. Pagano tried to do that a few times, uh, thinking that, uh, you know, we've got a pretty decent secondary. We should be able to hold him. And also thinking, you know, logically, I've got Robert Quinn and uh, Khalil Mack. They can get to Rodgers in five seconds. Well, they had eight, and they still didn't do it. So um, we need to find some kind of middle ground. Uh, you know, in, in a perfect world, we'd be able to do what Tampa Bay did uh, many weeks ago. But nonetheless, it's kind of like the blueprint. If you can get to Rodgers with your front four, and with our front four, that would be Quinn, uh, Nichols, Hicks, and Mack. I mean, that sounds like four guys nobody would want to try to block, but it hasn't exactly been scaring anybody lately. Those are the guys, uh, you know, send them, drop the other seven, which puts us up against, uh, you know, Kyle Fuller and uh, hopefully Jalen Johnson. If not, then it's Kendall Vildor. We got Duke Shelley or uh, Buster Screen back there. We got Tayshawn Gibson. We got Eddie Jackson uh, with uh, Trevathan and and, uh, Roquan Manning the middle. I mean, that doesn't sound bad really anywhere except maybe the rookies. And the young guys in Vildor and, and, and Shelly that might make you a little bit nervous. But but overall, it's just like, yeah, I don't really see any holes there. I mean, let's uh, those are all good football players. And with all the names that I just gave you, uh, we should be able to do some things. Uh, defensively, those four guys should be able to get home uh, against, the, uh, against the Packers. Logic would say. But um, the reality is that uh, aside from a seven-sack performance against the uh, – against the Texans you know they got home a few times against uh, Minnesota but Minnesota's offensive line has been an issue for them for years now um you know I don't think we got one sack on Saturday on Sunday against the Jaguars who are not known for their offensive line prowess and have also had some injuries up front and and all that kind of stuff we we managed one sack with everybody Khalil Mack is or not Khalil Mack but Keem Hicks is back we had everybody at full strength on Sunday nobody was getting home not a good thing we're playing a much better offensive line uh on Sunday and Pagano is going to want to find a way um you know to 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 mix up the amount of people he sends versus the amount of people that he drops we got to find some kind of uh middle ground to we're putting enough in coverage to make things interesting uh for Rodgers and maybe it's just mixing up the coverages themselves Maybe a lot more man versus, you know, uh, zones. And, you know, because sitting back in zone coverage would just be playing into Rodgers' hands and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's uh, we do need to find some kind of uh, middle ground. You know, maybe sending a, a fifth guy on occasion uh, so that it's, it's all one-on-one matchups and it's up to our playmakers to beat their, beat their one-on-one guy. Then, yeah, I'm liking those odds let's do that and, and we'll drop six and see how that works out uh and everything like that so we just have to figure out a way to find that happy medium between what we did last time and what we're going to do this time and um because I, I think that's going to be the key the defense is going to be the key to this game because green bay has a good defense but they're not a great defense they're not going to completely shut us down with the way our offense has been playing they're going to score some points it's going to be up to our defense to contain, not stop. Stopping would be great, but more likely we're going to have to settle for containment of Aaron Rodgers 
on Sunday to get the victory uh, in Soldier Field. So containment is the goal. Um, actually, I take that back. Shutting him down completely is the goal, but we'll accept containment. You know, maybe he scores 17 points and our offense can muster 24, something like that. That would be fantastic. But, um, you know, that's more uh, what I what as far as like how to succeed on defense, sending the house. Not a good idea. Rodgers is too good for that. He's too good at reading those things, seeing them coming, communicating to the hot receiver and all that kind of stuff. So sending the house won't always won't. That's that's not that's the one extreme that won't work. Dropping everybody back into coverage and sending as few people as possible. That won't work as well. We need to find some happy medium here. Sending four, dropping seven, maybe more man coverage versus zone or, or what have you. That's up. That's Chuck Pagano's uh, call. But, um, you know, that's that's we need to find a middle ground between the pressure that we send versus the coverage that we're dropping uh, to kind of, uh, you know, hold Green Bay at bay on offense. As far as our offense is concerned, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Because if you go back and you look, I don't think we have any defensive touchdowns since the bye week, which means that all of these points that our offense has racked up are due to the offense. Now, granted, we've got some turnovers in there, but uh, we don't have any pick sixes or anything like that. I'm, I'm sure that I'm probably missing one, but I don't think that I am, which means that we aren't getting any help from the defense, and we know for sure Cordero Patterson hasn't run a kickback since Minnesota, so it's not a special teams thing. It's, it's either Mitch and company scoring a touchdown or it's Cairo putting it through the uprights. It's all coming from uh, the offense. So, you know, we know what this offense is capable of, um, you know, and, and it's more about confidence, I think. Um, who cares that it's Green Bay on the other side of the ball? You almost get the feeling that we're intimidated by Green Bay, you know, based on how we've, we, you know, we've played and, uh, and everything. It just seems like, you know, we're always paying like maybe a step behind because I think we're just waiting for the shoe to drop against Green Bay. And we need to go into this confident that we're going to win the game. Naive, foolish, whatever you want to call it, we need to go into the game, you know, with big swinging balls like we got this. We got this. It's just a matter of starting the game so we can prove it to the world. Let's go out there and do it, you know, and I think it, that, would, that would serve us well. But as far as, like, what we've been doing on offense, just keep doing what we're doing. Keep running the football. Keep feeding David Montgomery. Do the play actions. Do the, the bootlegs and things like that. Open up the offense. Keep the defense guessing because uh, with the way Montgomery's been running the football, play action is something they have to actually worry about. They have to actually bite on the fake. And take some shots, man. Why not? I know Mitch sucks at throwing the deep ball, but maybe he'll hit one on Sunday. Who knows? Find Darnell Mooney down the sideline uh, and whatnot. It's going to be up on laser to try to figure out a way to get that kid open one-on-one somewhere because he can just turn on the wheels and let Mitch throw it to the end of the field and see how see if that kid can run underneath it, you know? But uh, as far as what we're doing on offense, I would say just <laughs> it's simple. Just keep doing what we're doing. Run the football. Give it to Montgomery. Let's burn up the clock, like uh, like like Dance Briggs said. Own the football. Own the clock. Keep Rodgers and company off the field. Keep doing what we're doing, because it's not like we've been some big strike, big play, you know, four plays, ninety yards type of offense. We're that team that's taking 10, 12 plays, taking six, seven minutes off the clock, and then putting points on the board, whether it's a field goal uh, or a touchdown. Our offensive uh, drives have been productive. And, um, you know, I have four keys. Here's the third one on offense. That's another offensive one. Score immediately because it's it's more of those games. Uh, we heard Evan West, Western say it yesterday. This is a team that the, the defense especially is built to play from ahead. And we can't let Green Bay I mean, let's say, for instance, they start with the ball. They take it down the field. They score a touchdown. 
we have to answer. If we don't, you might as well just scrap the game right then and there. If we're going to be playing from behind the whole time, even if we settle for a goddamn field goal on that opening drive, unless we've tied the field goal that Green Bay kicked first, it's over. It is over, okay? Because we can't play from behind against Green Bay. We need to score immediately. We need to start and be playing from ahead, you know? Even if we start with the football and we score and then Green Bay comes with another touchdown, we got to go out there and score again. Immediately, another touchdown on the board. Force Green Bay to keep to try to keep pace with us instead of the other way around. Okay, we want to be the ones that uh, you know are rope doping this and making Green Bay come after us. And maybe with when Green Bay's trying to be aggressive because they're playing from behind, they'll make a mistake. Maybe we can force a fumble. Maybe we can tip a pass, intercept it, something like that. Okay, and then the last key is probably the toughest one of all. <laughs> Be as close to perfect as humanly possible. Uh, you heard me say that to Evan Western yesterday, that with the way the Packers are playing right now, it puts the onus on their opponents to be as close to perfect as they can be. Because any kind of mistake that you make, Green Bay is going to pounce on it. They're going to pick off that pass. They're going to run it back, and that's putting the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands, most likely with a short field, which, you know, means they're just going to pin their ears back and come after you. We need to be as perfect as humanly possible. We can't have any big plays negated by some kind of horseshit holding penalty. Uh, We can't be giving them free yardage with pass interference calls and things like that. We need to be as close to perfect. I know that's impossible, but to win this game on Sunday, that's what we have to do. Um. You know, we, we, we have to be as close to perfect as we can. We can't have the stupid penalties. Penalties are going to happen, but we can't. It's one thing for Green Bay to beat us. It's another thing entirely to help them by beating ourselves as well. And that's what the Bears have kind of specialized in, especially in Green Bay games. They would negate a big play uh, with some kind of penalty. Hell, it happened in the last game. Darnell Mooney had a great play for big yardage, got called back for a holding penalty, murdered the drive just murdered the drive and we stalled out from there so those are the things that cannot happen we can't be giving them free yards we can't be holding on third down you know like rogers throws an incomplete pass on third and eight but you know so and so held this receiver so it's a five yard penalty but an automatic first down keeping the ball in green bay's hands and keeping our defense on the field those things cannot happen on sunday you got to make Green Bay beat us. We cannot be out there beating ourselves. So there you have it. Find a middle ground on pressure versus coverage on defense. Keep doing what we're doing on offense, but we got to score. We got to score. Touchdowns over field goals. I know this sounds like basic stuff that anybody could say, but you guys know what I mean. Where You, know, you guys know where I'm coming from when I'm saying this. It's just not some kind of random generic instruction that I'm giving. We're playing the Packers, and last time we got behind, what, 14, 21 to nothing before we finally put some lame touchdown on the board or a field goal before halftime or whatever it was. It's just like Rodgers came three methodical 14 plays, nine plays, 12 plays, three touchdowns on the board before we ever answered him, you know, or I think maybe we had a field goal to start or whatever it was. But, you know. We can't let that happen. We can't be playing from behind against this team. We either need to be meeting the challenge and, you know, going score for score with them, or we need to be ahead and making them chase us. We can't be playing from behind. If we're playing from behind, you know, not only not only are we literally losing the game, we will. We'll be lost, period. So I don't think we, we have it to play from behind with this team. Not right now. So, and then, like I said, strive for perfection. But at the same time, you can't think about it. You can't think about being perfect. Just play. You know, let, just, the result has to be perfection. You can't think about being perfect. First of all, if you're thinking on a football field, you've already lost. So you can't be thinking about perfection. That has, just has to be the goal. So, yeah, tall, tall order. But it's football any given Sunday, as they say. And hopefully on this particular given Sunday, it will result in our beloved Chicago Bears 
coming away with a victory, finishing the regular season nine and seven, and entering the playoffs to possibly go to Lambeau next week and play the Packers, depending on how the Seahawks and the uh, Saints uh, factor out. But I've got feelers out to everyone right now. I've reached out to Ross Jackson with the Saints uh, for Locked On Saints. I've reached out to Spike Friedman. If you guys remember, we had him on the show back in 2018 in case the Bears play the Seahawks in the wild card round. Whatever is going to happen, I'm ready for it, and hopefully we get to go through with it. So there you have it, folks. Happy New Year. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Come back on Monday for Bear Up and Bear Down. Hopefully we'll be talking about our next matchup uh, against maybe Green Bay again. Maybe we're heading out to New Orleans to play the Saints. Maybe we're traveling out west to play the Seahawks because they're the two seed or whatever. But uh, hopefully we're talking about wild card football the next time we see each other on Monday. So come back on then. Come back then and find out what our fate is. Do we have a postseason or is it the offseason? One of the two. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Happy New Year, guys.